Before we begin, remember we are not medical professionals or lawyers or the like. We just like to tell people what they should do in their life. Also, we're drinking a lot. So take everything we say with a grain of salt and a lime wedge and a shot of tequila. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How's it going? Oh, it's, you know, I'm hanging in there. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's another day, another week, another right. hour. I did I make a that. fancy drink, though. What? I did make a fancy drink. Oh, yeah? What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking that cucumber vodka stuff. Yum. With uh, tonic, so I'm basically drinking a vodka and tonic. Okay. But I also put um, some mint from my garden in it, too. Yes. How is it? How's that cucumber vodka? It's too good. Okay. It's dangerously good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only had the one, um, I've had the effing cucumber, which I love, and I love it in a Bloody Mary. So, if you're looking to up your Bloody Mary game, use your cucumber vodka. Uh, if it survives. <laughs> Are you going to drink it all tonight? I better not. Like I did that I'm time not... with that raspberry vodka. <laughs> yeah. I am done with hangovers for a while. Jesus meets. Right. <laughs> I think that's I kind drinking... of the difference between... What? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I am drinking a twist on an old-fashioned, which I am, it's basically an old-fashioned, but I made this simple syrup the other day, uh, last time when I was talking to you about dabbling in cocktail witchcraft. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, the Good Fortune syrup, which is, like, stout-based, and then it has, um, like, cinnamon and nutmeg and cloves, and so oh, I have that. Fall. Yeah, it's yes. flavor. So I have that with bourbon. Last time I made this, I put some apple um, like jam in it from Trader Joe's. But, but that has big chunks of apple in it, and I had to strain those out and throw them away, which made me really sad. So I didn't want to waste <laughs> that again because that stuff is so yeah. fucking delicious. So I didn't put it in this time, and it's really good. Really good. I might need to do, like, a squirt of lemon or something just to kind of get some acid in there, but then it wouldn't really quite be an old-fashioned anymore, so. Yeah. It's good. Oh, yummies. Uh-huh. Yummies. What were you saying before I interrupted by telling you what I was drinking? Uh, yeah, you know, I used to be a different kind of alcoholic <laughs> drink before covid uh, like I'd come home, I'd drink my wine and then I'd go to bed. But now it's like ever once a week, I'm, I'm drinking too much. Yeah. <sighs> I drank bad. too much when I visited my parents last time. Oh yeah? Did I you was drink like, all those, uh, I was like, I'm not going to drink things? this day. And the mom was like, I put two beers in the fr- fridge for you. I can't drink them. I didn't like them. So can you please drink them for me? I was like, I wasn't going to drink anything today, mom. <laughs> And I did this like twice, and I texted Chase about it because it was funny and awkward and mortifying. I would, I would try to tell a story about Chase, and instead of properly telling the story, 
I would just turn to somebody and say, Chase. And then instead of like Chase and I, I would just say Chase. And then I would realize it sounded like I called that person Chase, even though I was like <laughs> going to start a story. And then, and then I would be uncomfortable and I would correct it. And then it made it even worse. So like I did this to my brother where he was going to get ice cream and I was trying to say, when Chase and I eat ice cream, Chase will just bring spoons out in the carton because, I, and that makes me eat less ice cream because if I scoop ice cream into a bowl, I feel like I need to eat all of that ice cream I scooped out even if I don't want that much versus yes, if I just it's want very... four bites of ice cream, I can do mm-hmm. that if I have the carton and a spoon. And so I was trying to tell my brother this and I turned to him and I go, Chase, and then I didn't continue. So it looked like I called my brother Chase. <laughs> I was just like, well, this is, it happened twice. I did it to my dad and I did it to my brother. And I was like, now I want to die. Like, it looks like I don't know who my husband is and who you all are. <laughs> so this is great. Uh, what did you send? Uh, did you get a picture? Did you see the picture that I sent I get, you? I'm looking right now. It's my red lobster glass. Yes! <laughs> I'm going to get one next time I go, which should be soon. It's great. It's great. So I broke, I have two Red Lobster pint glasses that we used last time you are here, and I broke one of them. Oh, bummer. And I went to Red Lobster for the first time in a long time, obviously. <laughs> I've been and to Tyson last them, month. <laughs> and I asked them if they had any glasses. They didn't have any special drinks or anything. Mm-hmm. But she went back there and she's like, we have so many glasses though. We're just going to sell you a couple. <laughs> like, nice. Thank you. And they're nice. really cool. They're like, yeah, they're like lighthouses. I like them. We'll post the picture on, uh, on Thursday when this goes live so people can see it. Yeah. I also want to clarify that I don't eat at Red Lobster all the time. Yeah. Uh, I've been two times in the last month because my friend was having a, a stressful day and we had gone a year ago and she thought it was fun. So I was like, let's go again. And that was the first time in a year I had been. And then when I went to visit my parents, they were like, let's go to Red Lobster. And I was like, okay, sounds good, mom and dad. <laughs> but I'm probably gonna... going again soon because the same friend is still having a, a stressful time. And I was like, <laughs> do we need to have a Red Lobster girls day? And she was like, yes. So... <laughs> Well, Red Lobster is kind of the poor person's lower middle class fancy restaurant. Yeah. So it's always a treat, a huge yes. treat to go to Red it, Lobster. For sure. I That's where I always wanted to go for my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was amazed that we went, because I remember the one time I went with you guys for your birthday. Yeah. And I'm like, we're really going to go to Red Lobster? <laughs> You're going to pay for my dinner too? What? <laughs> How rich are you guys? <laughs> like I should have asked for more money when I was babysitting. <laughs> yeah, we're fans. My little brother still gives me Red Lobster gift cards for Christmas a lot. <laughs> um, and Chase doesn't like Red Lobster just because he doesn't have a problem with them them like as a whole, and he loves seafood and everything. But there's like a like an like one of the oils they use while cooking or something makes him sick. Uh, so, like, we tried one time, and he's always like, I can't go there, I'm just always sick afterwards, and we tried one time while we've been together, we've been together for 10 years, I finally got him to go, and I don't know what it was, because, I mean, I swear to God, all we had were, like, lobster rolls, fried shrimp, and french fries, and he was, 
he was sick afterwards. Um, so he doesn't go. So I keep getting, like, I have gift cards, and I, I don't know, I don't like going. Oh, we've had this conversation. I, I'm not a huge fan of, like, going places, like, restaurants by myself and stuff. So I'm like, now I have a friend that's like, yes, let's go to Red Lobster. It's like, great, we'll take my gift cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I have no problem going to a restaurant by myself. Like, yep, going, good, I want food. So. Yeah, no, I went to the Avenue this past yeah. week for the first time since COVID yeah. hit, which is like a cool, funky bar slash entertainment area. I ate, I ate by myself, had a couple of gin and tonics. It was a good time. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. They had they had Star Trek The Next Generation on the television. Fun. Yeah, that was good. I love it. You texted me, you're like, it's like sports don't exist when you're here. And I was like, yes! <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> the only sport I give a damn about is hockey. across the street from it where they only have sports. Yes, shows on the sports gamey things. That's most bars. <laughs> yeah, right. And so it's like, yeah, I really like it. Um, yeah, well, next time I come, entertain, more entertaining. What do we got going on? Ah, uh, ah. So my my brother left me his Jeep. He's he's off to a, a work. Thingy and yeah. like I'm on the way and he's so he's traveling and so he stopped here for the weekend he got a rental and he left me behind his jeep are you uh, a jeeper now well I, I, I always loved jeeps I, I, right. I think they're fun and cool because of MacGyver right he had his jeep and that was is the that why thing. that's pretty much why that's pretty <laughs> much why all the spennies like jeeps okay um is MacGyver the boys loved MacGyver the jeeps and my guy, like, is we're all we're all about that, but I'm too short to have. It's a Jeep Wrangler. I'm too <laughs> short to get into this Jeep. I can't seem to leverage myself in the right way to get into the driver's seat of this Jeep because I always kind of I, I kind of end up crawling in like I'm like a toddler at a a gymboree or something. <laughs> I cannot get into it. <laughs> That's Sometimes I get myself at the wrong angle, and my head ends up at above the the jeep, and I can't kind of figure out how to angle my body so I get into it without falling backwards. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I'm not at all elegant or cool looking trying to get into that jeep, or or when I'm getting out of the jeep, it's like a foot too far for me, and so I'm like slowly putting my toes. As close as right. I can. <laughs> and then finally, I, I just let go and fall onto the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I'm supposed to be cool in this Jeep. It's a cool Jeep. I can't, know. <laughs> My big hilarious. ass is like hanging out the window as I try to get into <laughs> crawl into the Jeep. Yeah. Uh. But Porthos got to go for a ride in the Jeep. And he really liked it. Oh, I also, you know what? I got the rough cut of that scene, so maybe I'll include that. So we should do oh, sort of cool. an intro with that. So, like, if you want to hear it, listen now. Hot. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I probably will put it right there. But, uh, yeah, so the rough cut of that scene I did, and she was like, she even sent me a little bit of an intro, so I'll just tell you a little bit about that. So it's here. So I texted uh, my the director of the podcast, and she was like, uh, she wrote, it's certainly not in its final form, but I'm sure you can let your listeners know that this is a rough draft. I guess, okay? She, and then she's like, here's a bit of background. 
Stuart is one of the main characters in the Forward podcast. He is a salesman for a fictional company called Davis and Davis. After his children and wife were involved in a school shooting, Stuart starts to experience symptoms of PTSD. Like many men in his community, Stuart did not seek help. One of Stuart's symptoms includes being severely distracted, which often meant he would show up late for his obligations. In this scene, Stuart's boss, me, uh, calls to his attention that something is wrong and people are starting to notice. You give him so, yeah. a shakedown, a talking to. Yes! Stuart? Mary Elizabeth? So, Stuart, let's just go ahead and get right to it. We need to have a conversation. What about? Well, we've noticed that your numbers aren't as high as they'd usually be. You know, I just signed the account with Dr. Beck. It should be processing. And it's only a matter of time before Dr. Nick gets on board with Cisperdal. It's not just the numbers, Stuart. Some of the doctor's offices have complained that you're showing up late to appointments. That was one time. Well, I guess maybe twice, now that I think about it, but it's not like it's a habit. We would understand if you're having a hard time right now. You and your family have been through something awful. I'm fine, Mary Elizabeth. Completely fine. I mean, my wife's having a hard time, but I'm not. I'm doing great. We think that you should take some time off, just to get your mojo back. We need you on your A-game for the next quarter. I don't need any time off. This isn't a request, Stuart. You need to take some time off. I channeled some frustrations from work into this character. (laughs) Into these five lines that I did. Um, (laughs) Oh, I cool. imagined a couple of people at work that I found, it fr- found I had frustrations with at the time and, and tried to imagine I was speaking to them and what I wanted to say to them to do this. So that was helpful for me. Um, <laughs> should we wrap up for the day? I guess so. I feel like we didn't really say anything interesting. I well, don't I suppose know. we I... only need like 20 minutes, right? 15 minutes? Yeah, 20? yeah. We can talk yeah. about I'll pull from those things. We also yeah. should mention, though, that this is going to be one of our episodes where we, um, where we take questions from the past that were not aired and cobble them together into an episode for you. So it might. It's our slightly... leftovers episode. Yeah, the it's leftovers. a leftovers episode. Yeah. So you'll notice that a little bit, and that I think actually, I honestly think when we do this. Most of the questions that we end up recycling are our most drunk questions. So (laughs) hopefully it'll be the most entertaining. (laughs) And we have one guest that when we did her guest in the past, we had to record two questions, but we only aired one of them. And now we're going to have her again for you. Yay. Yay. Okay, cool. Thanks. Love you. Bye. No, not really. We're not I'm really afraid of getting a sexually transmitted infection. I was told that it can take about a month after exposure for an STI test to show it, so I have the rule that anyone I sleep with needs to have a test done a month after the last partner to make sure it's clean.
I started talking to a guy and things are looking like they could get more serious. I told him my rule and he said that he got tested right <laughs> after his last hookup. I explained what I know, told him that it could have been a false negative to it due to it not really showing up yet, and told him I wouldn't be comfortable having sex with him until he gets tested again in a couple weeks and shows me the results. I'm completely fine with him not doing this, but I then I also wouldn't be having sex with him. Aww. He is unhappy with this, and he insists that he, he is clean. I kind of understand not wanting to have, want not wanting to phys- not wanting to have to physically show me the papers because if he says he gets tested, I should test that trust that, right? Because if I don't trust him to be honest about the test, why would I trust that he's not sleeping around still? What do you guys think? And if a guy complains about having to go a month without sex before he has sex with me, isn't that already a red flag? Signed, no testy, no tasty. (laughs) (laughs) That was my idea, folks. I liked it. I know. Distracted a bit from the seriousness of this question. But you go. You go first. Go. Oh, go. well, me first. Me first. Okay. Yeah. I read the question. You yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm answering. Jesus. Okay. Faster, faster, faster. So here's the thing. Boundaries are absolutely appropriate. You're allowed to have whatever boundaries you're comfortable with. STI testing a month is really not a big idea, a big deal. Um, waiting a month is really not a big deal. It shouldn't be that much of a hair shirt on this guy to wait a month to have sex with you. Um, saying all of that, though, is that maybe you can loosen up your idea of what sex is. Like, you can have some naughty, naughty time without having intercourse. Yeah, and yeah, and, and part of that naughty, yeah. naughty time is about getting to know each other. So you can um, have a little feel-feel with each other. You can... Have a little lick lick with each other. I, I really like your double word usage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have enough alcohol in me right now to do because I have to double everything up. You can have a little massage m- massage with each other. Like it's all about like feeling each other out. So there's a lot of like you have a little foreplay. Handy handy. You can foreplay with each other for a month. I'm absolutely supportive of you having an STI check. At a month in, I mean, different STIs have different incubation times, so a month. Oh, they can be longer than a month. They can be six months. Like HPV, they can be like, we don't even know who you got this from in your last partners because it can be dormant for so long that someone could pass it to you and you don't even know. Not to freak you out even more, letter writer. Um, But there's also (laughs) safe sex practices. Condoms are great. They're absolutely effective. And so are dental dams. If I mean, they're you not. Go the they're not one hundred percent effective, but they are effective. effective. Enjoy not each other. Again. Use the right sexual um, Tools. support systems. <laughs> support systems. <laughs> that yeah. works. I get it. I get it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, if your boundary is a month, then your boundary is a month, and I think that that's absolutely acceptable. But don't throw your boundary out for unsafe sex practices still continue to use a condom and dental dams i agree like dental dams not dental grams did you Mm -hmm. say grams i thought i thought you said no i definitely said dams thank you very much hey i mean i'm just saying uh 
Yeah. So, um, I damn that. Dental. I feel like I feel like there. No, that's the, the way do I'm you, trying to say. Do you have an like, opinion, okay. Kimberly? Because I've been talking already. Uh, yeah. No, I'm getting okay, there. Okay, okay, I'm, get I'm there. just working my way there. Apparently, because it takes me a while. Uh. Yeah, don't let anyone pressure you into something you're not comfortable with. 100% no. Don't. 100% don't, no. Not worth it. Not worth it. A Especially month, at such an earlier time. Yeah, a yeah month such an is early really time. Not a big deal. After a month, not yeah, enough yeah. time to put up with it, any it takes bullshit like, from any dudes. Like, like, honestly. How long does it take to, for you to be my boyfriend? It takes about four years to be my boyfriend. <laughs> and then three years to be my friend. So, really, you're you're ahead of the game here. Yeah, I mean you're doing great. Yeah, you're uh, you're practically <laughs> an extrovert. Yeah, <laughs> you're practically an extrovert. Um, yeah, no, don't let anyone. Oh my, like, no, no. Uh, so when I was like in high school, I remember like you remember those like stupid sex ed classes where people like they would be only only ever preaching don't have sex, and like their message was like if a guy comes to you and says if you really loved me you would do this, and your comeback was like if you really loved me you wouldn't pressure me to do something I am I'm uncomfortable with. It's true. You remember that? It's true. It's right? so true. As cheesy but, and awful, but as maybe you want to have sex. Maybe then. you want to do it, and that's yeah. okay. You're not a There's slut a, for yeah. wanting to do it. Yeah, do it. Whatever do you it. want. Just be safe. Do it. Is really what we're saying. Yeah. Like, so, and that's what this poor letter, letter writer that we have taken it back to something else is trying to do, is trying to be safe. Um, so, month. like Jennifer said, A there month. are plenty of things. That's not even it's that not, long. It's nothing. Hey, it's I'm nothing. sorry. It's three days. It's one day a week. It's nothing. Yeah. It's you see each other once a week. The third date, you're like, sorry. I need your sex test next week before we can bang. Yeah. And I, I don't Good think it's a you. trust issue. You want to see that piece of paper. That's absolutely fine. It's up. I, I have people, sure. I have friends who are HIV positive who say, no, we're not going to have sex until you get that test so that we know exactly what precautions to take. Where we stand. And yeah, the- exactly. That's what it is. Uh, there's nothing disrespectful about that. There's nothing about not trusting someone here because you know what? You can be, um, you can have some STIs without even knowing it. It's not that you're not trusting his word. It's that you need to, you know, you're just taking care of yourself. And frankly, if someone's giving you a rough time for making sure that you are safe, then fuck them. I don't know. Like, what else do you... Like, well, don't fuck them. If, it's, it's kind well, of literally, point. Yeah, yeah, don't literally fuck don't, them. Don't but, literally, uh, figuratively, but don't, don't, don't fuck yeah, with them. Yeah, no. So, I'm, I guess I feel like... Part of being in a relationship is caring about the well-being of the other person. And if you're so selfish that you are just upset that you can't get your dick in them quick enough and you don't care about how they are or who they are and what they're doing to take care of themselves, then it's not a really good sign for the longevity of a relationship. Or, hey, I'm just saying, I said it from that point of view because that's what's presented here. But also, if you're someone that does not care about anything but getting a dick in you and you don't care about their like it does it's not Get anything related to your gender you're done. it's all about to do with if you're so selfish that you only care about your own personal pleasure and fulfillment and do not care about someone's worries and health then it's and you know what there's nothing wrong with being like i just want to get laid tonight you do you 
But if you don't take the time to care about someone else's worries, then it's probably not the buildings of a strong, long-lasting relationship. Yeah, if, if that's your goal. That's your goal. Yeah. There's plenty of safe sex practices you can utilize. Um, but if you're looking for that long time relationship, you you want your you want partner to be that clean. That. Or if you're yeah, you your want someone that respects clean, your feelings about it, then you want to know what your partner has so that you can avoid future infection. I mean, for sure. I mean, people there are so have infections out there. and they can yeah. still have sex. You just have to There's... understand what's going on. And for make sure. sure to avoid them. Herpes is apparently super well spread. HPV yes. is yes. super well, like, super spread. That, like, you can have sex with someone that has one of those without getting it. Uh, you just need to, you just need to be prepared. And you, you, you need to be conscious of it. Is all. Yeah. Like, so if you're that's like, uh, I'm with someone that's HPV positive, that's probably like 80% of the population. Maybe 90. I don't know what the actual stat like is. I'm making that up, I so don't quote me. But, um, but... You can be very fine with sleeping, like being HPV free and sleeping with somebody with HPV, uh, but you, it's nice to know so you can take precautions so it doesn't get spread to you. Uh-huh. While we're talking about HPV, cool. let's talk about vaccines. You should get your children vaccinated. Uh, yes, please, everybody, get HPV. your HPV vaccine. I know you're again. afraid they're gonna be humping it up, but hey, just uh, get the vaccine. The second your child says, "I want this," do it. The second your child says, I'm interested in going on birth control, fucking do it. There's no correlation between being on birth control. 11 years old say this is just a standard vaccine. Do it. Do it. Do it. No, 100%. Everyone should get their vaccine. It avoids Um, cancer. It does. It's. Well, I I don't have sex, so I don't have to worry about cancer. But anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I only have sex with one person. But well, that's where you should be, Kimberly. Sorry. <laughs> what? Nothing. I didn't say anything at all. Should, that's where I should be. Well, because I'm married. So yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. well, I'm married in a uh, non-poly relationship. We are a monogamous relationship. So that is where I should be. Yeah. Yeah. Monogamous. I couldn't think of the word monogamous, monogamous. for a moment, so I had to non-poly. say non-poly relationship. Anti-pro <laughs> yes. pro monogamous relationship. <laughs> But um, yeah, get get the, get vaccinated if you can. Even if it's not your children, if you're under, I think the age of twenty seven, you are still eligible for this vaccine. Please get it. When I was twenty eight is when the vaccine really came out, and there wasn't insurance coverage for it. So, so I stopped I, um, having sex. So that um, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I. This wow, this this is harking back to our very first episode that was not aired that we tried because we were <laughs> hammered. But like I um I was right on the cusp of being able to get it or not, and I had a doctor that made me very uncomfortable. Not like for any reasons, like specific reasons, just like like he was a creeper, not like sexually, just like a creeper in general. I my story I, is that okay. he put my he gave me a shot and then he put the needle in his pocket and that creeped me the fuck out because oh, that's okay. not safe. Yeah. So uh like I didn't finish my vaccinations and I wish I had. So I got the first one and I didn't continue. It's like a three shot course and um so my story is everyone should get that that they can. Okay. I like you say here something like, if I didn't trust him about being honest about the chest, why would I trust him that he's not sleeping around? That's not an apples to apples comparison, first of all. 
Um, second of all, like, you're early in a relationship unless you have a talk about exclusivity and not sleeping with somebody else. Yeah. Which is what I think you're going for here. But I think it's different than what you're talking about. So if you are expecting that once you start sleeping with someone, they are not sleeping with anyone else, that needs to be something you need to lay out. Yes, you absolutely. You need to specifically say it because um, people have different ideas about what dating means and what exclusivity – well, it's not about what exclusivity means. Hopefully it means the same thing. But you need to be <laughs> upfront about it. You need to say, hey – uh, we've been dating for a while, and I think we're going to start getting intimate, intimate. I cannot be intimate with you until I know that it's been a month since your last person that you had sex with and that you've been tested, and I can see those tested. And what I'm expecting from this, even if it's not a long-term thing, is if we start sleeping with each other, I expect for you to not sleep with anybody else, and I am definitely not sleeping with other people, and too. And that's like, You just have to be okay. open and You're honest about it. You're protecting yourself. Yes. You're protecting for your feelings. Sure. Yes. And your physical I, self. And that's absolutely okay. And we move too quickly on sex. And it's okay to slow the fuck down. For sure. You read the question and we'll answer it and we'll just like splice this, it in. I, I like this question a lot, by the way. And it was a little bit more personal than like Reddit is. So that's why it's going on. I feel on like it's more personal because we connect so. with it more. Well, yeah, I definitely connect with more. So we connect with that. But but here's the thing. I also know that, like, my reaction to this is kind of meaner than I want it to be. So I don't think it's meaner, but I think I come off meaner. So you read the question, and then I'll answer it. And then you can answer it. Stop fucking hiccuping. (laughs) And stop hiccuping. I am not going to get any more beer. We're done. So, are you done? I'm finishing my bottle of wine right now. Go. I've recently had a sort of promotion at work into creative role at my company. It's stuck with laughing. I'm so sorry. I can just, I'm reading it along with you, and you are missing words. You're so drunk, okay? Should I try again? I should try again. I'm try struggling. again. Try again. Ah! This all is going in. Just do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I have this whole shit recorded. Okay, let's go. Okay. I've recently had a sort of promotion at work into a creative role at my company. <laughs> It's a dream raw, and I'm loving it. I receive briefs and assignments <laughs> and work so hard and respond as creatively as I can. And then at the beginning of a meeting, 40 hours of her work is shut down. <laughs> I know it's not as personal. And I also know that amongst that. Are you okay? Do you want me to read this? Jesus Christ. You sound like you're passing a kidney stone right now. I think it's officially appropriate. <laughs> you sound really like you're in pain right now. Jesus. Appropriately. Here we go. Okay. Well, just start at that second paragraph again. Mm. And not, I don't know. I don't kidney know. It's not a painful for Where you. Where are we? Yeah. 
It's what it sounds like. And, and then, then in the beginning of a meeting. In the beginning of a meeting for 40 hours of work is shot down. I know it's not as personal. But I also know that amongst the, I don't like this. There are many comments of, wow, this is great. But this is the second time this week I've left a meeting in tears. I think it's time to do something about it. If I really want to stay in this position long term, which I do, how do I turn the negative into a positive or at least just not take it personally? Signed, critiqued out. Okay, so I'm a designer and I went to school for it. There's a, I'm not saying that going to school um, for it is better than a self-taught person at all. There's plenty of things I've self-taught. and like, I'm just saying one of the biggest things that art school did for me is teaching me how to take fucking critique. Like, you know what we did? We would do a project and we would hang it on a wall. And the entire class was 40 people going around in a circle and giving you critique. And you know what that does? It makes you less sensitive to bullshit critique like oh, this yeah. person is getting. Oh, Honestly, yeah. um, I don't like this is not helpful critique. You need to, like, you need to grow a tougher skin, which is hard. And this is why I didn't, like, I feel like a dick when I answer this question. Because, you know what, there are people that aren't cut out for this. And there are people that are, that haven't been nurtured properly, which I think hopefully this person is. I don't mean to be an asshole, but you know what you learn in art school? You don't learn to be artistic. It's things that you already, that, like, artisticness, not the right word, it's not a real word. That's it, I'm judging you now. Artisticness is not a word. But I, like, like, that's innate. Like, that is part of who you are. You learn to nurture it and you grow different aspects of it. This is not that. Like taking, like getting critique is another skill set. Hey, I do theater now and I have to go up to directors after, like after my first rehearsal and be like, hey, I just want you to know I need a very direct critique. This is what, like, this is what our school has trained me for. Like if you say something like people are doing this, that does not help me. If I am fucking up, I need you to say, Kim, you are messing this up and this is what I want you to do. I need direct feedback and critique. I just punched myself in the nose. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> I'm okay. But, like, that's what it is. It takes you, it like, like, taking a class where the whole point is putting your shit up on a wall and having people tear it apart because their grade depends on them giving you critique... It really takes the sting out of things. Like, I feel like, yeah, I probably cried my first couple critiques in art school. Now, you know what? I get pissed about it. I'm just like, fuck off. You don't know what you're talking about. If you can't take critique, um, it's not the best uh, job for you. But you can also do things like take an art class at your local community college that involves critique. That helps kind of like numb you to it. I get pissed when I get stupid feedback. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. I get fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. No, Always. I, I, so but a, I was in this, the creative field. I'm yeah, an English major. And so a lot of it was writing. And I got one critique where I was like, 
Okay, I was talking about like a rape story, and I was trying to undermine mm. it, uh, like discuss it. Okay. In a... Was it that story? Oh my god, you gave me a textbook. I feel like in high school, that was like an English textbook. I was in high school, and it talked about there was a like a short story about rape stories about how, how every woman oh, has oh, their own rape story. Fancy one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes! Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I don't even know who it was or what it was, but I still remember that shit. I, hell, I mean, I mean, yeah. I do that. Yeah, obviously. So I had a, like, I yeah. had a rape story that was, I was kind of formulating, but the idea was that we don't talk about rape, and so somebody commented that I should have had the person take a shower as if no. to wash no. the rape off. No, it's like that's so. Got it. Oh, it was by Margaret Atwood. That was so. Frank Fantasies is a short story by Margaret Atwood. Anyway, sorry. It was so fucking cliche that I laughed out loud. Yeah. Have her take yeah. a shower so I know that Fuck she off. was raped. And I'm like, no. How did I not, not realize that was Margaret happens. Atwood? She's so good. Yeah, it's so yes. good. Like Margaret Atwood, not not what I meant. Like not, god damn it, not rape stories are great, but Margaret Atwood's story and her as yeah, an subtle to you, man. Are wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so okay. there's some critique. I did have one where one of my fellow students was like, "Okay, so the teacher loved me and gave me lots of." positive critique but then one of my fellow students came up to me and she's like she wrote on my paper that I was the worst writer ever uh, that is not good critique yeah. and here's the thing some, that kind of segues into what I was going to say next but you go keep yeah. going but no it's all about yeah, that it's that's, all about so when I it's subjective. review somebody's work I, I, I'm i an English major so let's put that mm-hmm. out there I'm an English major and I like to look at people's work as their intent and where they want to go to. And so I do feel like I'm a little harsh in my critique. But I also, like, I don't know. I just, it's so hard to be critical about someone else's writing because it's so personal. Period. Yeah, no, hey, for, I'm for sure. I for sure agree with that. And that's the thing, like... It's subjective versus objective kind of thing. Like saying, I don't like this and this is great is not helpful critique. No. You know what it is? I like, I actually got in an argument at an interview once. Not an argument, but I like talked about like someone came to me and was like, I don't like this. It makes me angry. And I was like, red, red is a color that is shown to make you angry and passionate. And they were like, oh, wait. Our color is red. Is that... No, I'm like, no. It doesn't apply everywhere. But, like, if you look at the science and the facts behind this, this all plays into things. Like, someone saying, I don't like this, is not helpful. And you get that feedback a lot. And as a designer, one of your things uh or as a writer or any like any creative thing that you're being commissioned for part of your role is to learn how to guide that language um what is it you don't like about this what specifically is causing um a problem or 
what specifically is causing you to disconnect from what I'm trying to say. As a designer specifically, because that's what I am and I feel like this is what this person is talking about. I, uh, I'm just gonna like use this as a platform to like, talk <laughs> about my ideas behind this. I don't think design is art at all. I don't, I think artists can be designers, but I don't think design is art because I think the difference between art and design is that as an artist, you're creating for yourself to, uh, express yourself. And as a designer, I think what you're doing is taking a company or a brand or another you, person's yeah, message. You're to express somebody and else's message. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're expressing and some... Your artistry is trying ex- to yeah. express yourself or some Self, but design is expressing a message. and connection, yeah. Exactly. And if what you do does not express that message, it's not effective and then you're... You're failing as a designer. You're not failing as an artist. You could uh, take somebody else's message and really interpret it and do something beautiful and someone imagine it in the way you wanted it. You're still being a good artist, but you're not being a designer. A good designer is someone expressing somebody else's message in a way that people perceive it and read it. So uh, so the question is, how, do you, how does she not take us so personally? I, th- I think you need to, uh, I think you need to go and get a, I can't think of the correct word right now. I think you need to go and get a lot of critique and be desensitized yeah. to it. Honestly, that's yeah. it. One person's, um, idea behind what you're doing is not the end all be all. Like, designing is hard, writing is hard, all of that is hard and they all, like, you go to school for it and... You have this, um, you have an outside perspective judging what you're doing. I think that going to art school really helps with the, uh, with the constructive feedback. Okay, so let me ask you this question. How do you deal with constructive feedback? So let's say you submit a, a paper... Or a project. Okay. And then they give you feedback. How do you deal with that? I think I look at what they're saying. I judge it. Some of it I say, go fuck yourself. And some of it I take into account and adjust for. I think that is something that happens in the real world. I did. I found it in mine to you. I'll read it. I wrote, cool. Good. Good. You 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 read it. You can tell everyone. Go, 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 go. You can tell everyone that I'm Marion. I'm a PhD anthropologist who studies the evolution of human behavior. I'm a mom to three fur babies and one tiny human baby. Is that good? And you said perfect. Yeah. Marion, take the one that says Kim. Hold on. I got it. I'm here. You're you're here. I'm starting. I'm just starting high school. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. 
I'm just starting high school. You can thank her later. You can thank her later if she gives us good answers. Uh, I'm just starting high school, and my mother is a relatively normal person, but lately she started to believe some weird shit. She started to get all into the conspiracy (laughs) theories at the beginning of lockdown. Oh, God. She's extremely, extremely vague about where she gets the information from, but according to her, there's a, quote, dark force, and Bill Gates, the World Health Organization, and capital G government are its puppets. This dark force is allegedly trying to control us by creating the coronavirus. Ooh. So we do social distancing and the government can make us their slaves by putting mind control nanobots in the COVID-19 vaccine. Wow, that got <laughs> very oh, quickly. Yeah. Oh, wait, she, oh, just wait. She also oh, believes that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton have been arrested for some reason, even though it's nowhere to be found in the news and Obama and Clinton are still active on Twitter. She also thinks that George Floyd's death was faked. Oh, so the news can make money right. off the articles about the incident. Who are these horrible, horrible people who come up with these things? Yeah. She thinks that Big Pharma... Russians. That's who they are. Russians. <laughs> she uh, thinks that Big Pharma is poisoning us with medicine Russians. to make capital M money. She's blindly believing whatever she, quote, feels it from her heart that it's true. My dad and I are trying to convince her otherwise, but she's not having any of it. How do we debunk her bullshit theories? Signed, Welcome to Crazy Town. Uh, holy, holy the fuck shit is, is where we're at on that one. It's really fucking hard to like, like I feel like there are people that like super buy into this bullshit, and it's, it's really hard to counteract. So one of the first things Which I is why we I brought the was, like, <laughs> I watched. Oh yes, perfect, <laughs> definitely. I watched a TV show or a movie a while ago uh, but called The Brainwashing of My Dad. Did either of you watch that? No, no. but I listened to a mm-hmm. podcast that is like, just sounds like it would be very similar about internet and brainwashing. So it was a, yeah, it was a, a documentary about this woman who, um, she's like, my dad was always like a super democratic dude that like had all these uh, like ideals and then he like started working a job that was really far away from where he lived so he started listening to talk radio which ended up being a bridge into like super right wing talk radio and then all he watched was Fox News. Side note on that Kimberly is that when we're talking about rural areas Fox News is all over the place. Is it and the rule? Oh, for sure. Side note on that. For sure. Yeah. But like so like she was like he went from this guy that was like super like like white man black rights and all of this to this like really crazy right wing minorities are bringing in issues. They're gonna affect us all with their with their colorness. Yeah, and she was like, and I didn't understand it because I grew up with this idea of my dad, and all of a sudden he like really switched like where he was coming from. What at I keep like telling this to people like it's a spoiler, like ooh, but he got <laughs> he got really sick. He, he sick. He had to go to the hospital, and while he was in the hospital, like they uh they went onto the parental guidance. Like her and her mother went under the parental guidance of their TV and turned off Fox News. Like he couldn't get that shit. And by the end of it, after after not getting that like brainwashing shit, which will can 
can come from both sides. I'm just like, I'm not trying to be like super like left wing, like bashing right wing bullshit, but like it was a super interesting documentary about how what you consume can totally change yeah. your viewpoint. I have a Mississippi brother who lived in Michigan and then moved to Mississippi yes. and yeah. he started consuming yep. completely Fox News and that uh-huh. kind of Mm-hmm. that right-wing bullshit that just and and it, he he changed he changed like it's i can't really argue with him or disagree with him it's it's kind of a fascinating like uh the working uh, he's working class too so it's fascinating that he would be so angry about and be he'd be so pro-trump because he's so working class but yeah there's also i'm a, a mental issue that might be going on like if, if it's something so quick in the transition that there might be some sort of mental health issue going on so that's that's what that's, I said this is a Reddit, that's like this very is a therapist like not therapist yeah. that's a very like uh, it's not there. It's like it's a, kind of response like maybe go to, like talk to a doctor and see go, if there's there's sort of there's some sort of um, mental issue going on. So the couple of things that I think of, I 100 percent agree. Like, oh, our I'm, guest speaker was going to say something. Say something. So, <laughs> something. Yes, please say something. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm going to parrot a lot of what I just said on the other one, but I also want to put a disclaimer in that, like, thinking. This is the thing I try and tell all of my students. Like, thinking about things anthropologically, especially trying to explain, like quote bad behavior like buying into conspiracy theories or like acting out in your extreme jealousy that you feel towards your friend group like we can explain why those things happen sociologically or anthropologically but that doesn't mean that like it's a free meal ticket to go do bad Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. um like we can look at the idea of in group out group and explain why that makes us super jealous about our friends but that doesn't mean that like it's okay to go and berate your friends because they've made you feel jealous because we can explain where jealousy comes from. Like, it's explaining it. It's not excusing it. And, like, that that's my disclaimer for then going into the same thing with that. Like, people who buy into conspiracy theories, generally it's two reasons. One, social in-group pressure. Everyone around me is listening to Fox News and believes this shit, and I want to be part of my community, so I'm She's going so along smart. with it. Which doesn't mean it's okay. Um, but it sort of explains where a lot of it comes from. And the other part of it with conspiracy theories in general is that it usually comes from a place of real existential fear. So that's why you see massive conspiracy theories coming out in times where there's a lot of social upheaval and social uncertainty. So like coronavirus is a textbook example of it. Coronavirus is fucking scary. It's this brand new, never before seen in humans virus that we don't understand we don't have medicine for and that should be scary as shit to all of us and it is and so instead of living in a place of we don't have a vaccine and we don't have a cure and we don't know how to treat it you latch on to the government did it and they're putting nanobots in our brain because it gives you an explanation to latch on to and that makes us feel safer <laughs> yeah or even it's, though it's that shit flu. crazy like, like, it's, it's a way of protecting themselves it's irrational and gross Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's the same. You and I were just saying the same thing. Like the fear and protecting ourselves and also being irrational and gross out of fear. Like, right. I'm sorry. That's that's not 
not a good thing. No, but it makes me feel like if if I am just looking for an explanation, humans are so bad at uncertainty. We are so bad <sighs> at admitting that we don't know something and living <laughs> in a space where we are admitting that we don't know what's going on. And so then that leads us to offer explanations and latch on to explanations that are batshit crazy because at least it's an explanation. And like something like this person's mom, maybe she's just so afraid of the way the world is that she's latching on to all of these batshit crazy explanations because they're explanations and like trying to present new facts to her that are going to make it different when the facts lead to but we don't know how to fix it yet of course you're not going to get anywhere because it feels more comforting to be able to point to a bad guy and say like it's the government putting nanobots in our brain yeah and COVID is kind of that that ultimate chaos like this is this this is where people who are gonna who are gonna connect to conspiracy theories are gonna be because no one really know what's going on with COVID yeah. There's so many unanswered so questions yes. that yeah, neurovirus, exactly. right? And so anytime someone says something wrong or something inaccurate because they didn't have enough information, then it becomes and something to let on and say, oh my God, no one knows what you're talking about. No, mm-hmm. we're gathering yeah. more information. Right. We're learning more things. But like we all feel- Therefore, we start to readjust how we... Um, interpreted uh, the information before. Yes. So, and, and people, for some odd reason, can't, not some odd reason, I'm sure there's a reason, they can't really transition between the old information and the new information. Mm-hmm. Because we're kind of, we're conditioned to be, to expect a right answer, right? Like, we're taught in school how to find right answers and we're taught to like take information and like it's it's sacred right like if science knows something then that's immutable and unchangeable and that's absolutely not how science works that's a fundamental misunderstanding we're talking about like anti-critical thinking yes exactly um anti-critical thinking but also like um perversing that like people who think they're critically thinking but they're just being perverse and 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 analyzing the information that they they've been given yes which is why people should all be educated i'm just saying yes agreed (laughs) (laughs) or at least like believe the people who are like the one of the things that blows my mind constantly in society is like we, we're in the middle of a pandemic why don't we listen to the people who spend their entire career studying pandemics yes yeah we're not Okay. It's just like buckling down on the what I feel, not what I know. Yeah. 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 I work with like in, I work with uh, people who are, and I work in academia, and so I work with people who are epidemiologists and healthcare, um, uh, people who uh, ex- experience healthcare nurses and such and, and such. And so it's it's fascinating to me to to kind of see that play out in the national conversation. And people who don't have any idea what they're talking about start to analyze that information. And I'm like, you you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> anyway, yep. I'm not allowed. <laughs> who was that? That was Kim. It's me. It's me. That was Kim. We're talking. <laughs> yeah.
Anyway, that's good stuff right there. I'll be right back. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So how do we tell this guy, this kid, who's in high school, how do we, what, do, what are the tools we can give him to talk to his mother? I feel like the first thing he needs to do is, is start with questions. He's got to figure out where her belief in these crazy things is coming from. So, like, coming at it from a place of, mom, you're batshit crazy, clearly isn't going to get it. Right. It's, it's going to alienate it's, her, right? right? Gonna, she's going to dig in harder. Yeah. Um, coming at it from a place of, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true, puts her on the offensive and him on the defensive, yeah. and that's not going to work. I feel like asking her things like, why do you believe that? Or, like, how does that make you feel? Trying to get at the fact that she's scared, and she's probably scared for her son, and she's probably scared for her family. And then, mm -hmm. instead of listing the things that aren't true that she keeps saying, just kind of calmly continue putting forward the things that are true. Yeah. I think the key here is uh, the quotation that she feels it from her heart. Yeah. And you got, you got to kind of challenge that, but in a kind in safe way. Mm -hmm. So she's not, she's not put on the defensive, but it, it, it's, it's difficult to balance that. Like, I want you to have the truth, but I also don't want to alienate you. Yeah. Cause you can like, mom, I love you, but we also need to, if we love each other, we should be able to talk about that. I'm worried that you think wearing a mask is going to make you suffocate from carbon dioxide. Like that is untrue. Mm -hmm. And I need you to wear a mask because it's what's going to keep you safe. So like That's not you... true, Marianne. No, I totally thought that crazy. was true. Know, right? Ah. All of these... I've I've been wearing one of those um those cones that cheerleaders <laughs> wear that like we force know, we should the, have... the sound and yeah. We should have known it was true because all of the people who have worn masks for all of time before yeah, March yeah. Yeah. clearly the all peeled who, over who, and died. Did so the, the yeah. He did all those surgeries on me. Yeah. yeah. They all died of uh, carbon dioxide poisoning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see the hospital littered with doctors. <laughs> just bodies being thrown <laughs> out the window. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> that's why we need so many doctors in the field. That's because right. we just keep killing them all. you got to pay them so much because otherwise who's going to go die of carbon dioxide poisoning <laughs> yeah. on their first surgery? God. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Inebrated Input. I'm Kim. And I'm Jennifer. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review us so other people can find us. If you didn't, then bugger off. JK, we like constructive feedback. Feel free to tell us. <laughs> and please, 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 please send us your questions at inebriated.input at gmail.com. We can't make the podcast without your questions. And we promise that we will keep your name out of it. <laughs> okay. You can also submit questions and learn more at inebratedinput.com. If you want, you can also sponsor us on Patreon where we have cool swag as thank yous. Okay. okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. 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 bye.